Welcome to episode 785 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 875 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm sensational, Bevan. New Zealand's back in lockdown, so you're not in the studios today, mate. We are not, but it's going to be a good show and it's going to be an awesome week because the Collins Cup is coming up and I've got to say, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's here and it's, you know, it's been a long time in the run. Actually, let's just get into the first part of the show. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Our awesome patrons. You go first, Jobbo. Nemo Dory Brach. Robert, give me more. That's a good one. <laughs> and Jeremy, the Canadian Hopwood. Okay, this week's show, we've got some news, hot topic of the week. We've got a Collins Cup special. And as a part of that, we have interviews with two of the pro athletes. Who have we got, John? We have got Kyle Smith, who's a Kiwi on the international team, and who's a captain's pick, and Jocelyn McCauley, who is a late call-up to the American team. Okay, so Wang of the Week questions and answers at the end. So we did have a couple of races over the weekend. Ironman Copenhagen was one we were interested in because we wanted to see if Lionel Sanders could get the Kona tick, and it looks like he did. It looks like a pretty good race by Cameron Worth. It was a pretty amazing racing. I was, it was in the middle of the night for us Kiwis, um, but I had a look at it when I was going off to sleep, and they were just finishing the bike ride, and Cameron Worth had a really nice size lead. Lionel Sanders was well back, um, but then as it turned out, Cameron Worth uh, ran a great run, 249.36. Uh, Lionel Sanders also had a great run, run and ran himself up to second place. So, yeah, Lionel Sanders gets his Kona slot. He looked like he was pretty spent at the finish, as did Cameron Worth. But those are two amazing times. They swam 49.07, or, you know, they all swam about 49. Swim times look pretty quick. Cam Worth rode a 4.02.18. And then ran a 2.49 for a 7.46.05. Lionel Sanders, he was, Lionel Sanders was closing in and it did get even closer than the finish um, time sort of says, but uh, he blew up a bit in the last 5Ks and Cameron Worth had a bit more in the tank. So awesome performances and also awesome by third place, Henrik Gosch from Finland on debut went 7.52, setting a new Finnish record and breaking, breaking Pauli Kuru's record that's probably stood for God knows how long. It must be about 30 years or so. So pretty cool racing. Well, interestingly, John, seven athletes went sub eight. So wow, it just shows how that sub eight barrier, you know, back in the old days, that was like, a very rare occurrence. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of becoming the norm. Like obviously on fast courses, but we're just seeing it so much now, aren't we? And the, yeah, the cynics would say, "Hey, was it short?" I had a quick look through Strava, looking at a few files of people. The, uh, the bike ride, from what people were recording, was around 100, around 179 to 179 and a half. If you had 178, you never know where people are exactly starting their bike computers. But you got to give that a tick, but don't you? Pretty close. Pretty, yeah. You know, it's not like it's. 20 minutes out and the run was ranging from 41 and a half to 42.2 so again you know that's just a difference in gps's and where people start and stop their watches so i'd give it the the tick as being pretty close to being bang on so you know 746 is is fast and uh, great to see lionel sanders having a good run don't know what it means for his chances in the collins cup you know turning around six days later and racing the Collins Cup. I, I, th I think he'll do well, but he won't, surely won't have his A game. So awesome racing. An interesting question about that around the Collins Cup. Um, 
Because the payday is so good for athletes. Let's discuss that when we get to our Collins Cup section because I, I want to go there as well. Okay. Uh, so we also have a Timberman 70.3 female only pro race. Uh, and who took that one out, John? Well, Miranda Carfrey is back yeah, racing, I saw that. which is great. Yeah. Uh, she finished in second place. And if you took first place out of the equation, you'd say, hey, Miranda Carfrey, you know, she didn't have the fastest run split. She ran a 123, which was still quicker than Heather Jackson and quicker than a number of the other pros. But Tamara Jewett... How about that run? <laughs> pulled out a 114.19. Now, I seem to recall, I think she's an ex-runner. She's a Canadian. And when they had, uh, during sort of the lockdown in the States, they did the Canadian Pro Champ which was just a bunch of pros that kind of got together for this quasi race that the PTO put some money up for there. And she ran 34.59 there over an Olympic distance run. And that was pretty close to being on par with, or she beat a good number of the guys. She she basically ran as fast as Brent McMahon. Uh, she ran quicker than Cody Beals. Uh, there was only a couple of guys that outran her. So she's clearly the business on the run. That is... It's freakish, isn't it? Like, like, like the thing about it is, like, I get it. Rennie's not the peak runner that she was maybe in the past, and maybe she's just coming back. But even then, the second fastest runner was one twenty-one. It's like a seven-minute run domination. Absolutely phenomenal. And and she biked on par with everybody. Uh, and she outswam Rinda Carfrey. She she outswam a lot of them. She swam twenty-eight forty-seven. Uh, the fastest swimmer was about twenty-seven oh one. So look out for that name, Tamara Jewett, uh, in terms of. God, they should bloody draft her into the Collins Cup this weekend. Tell you what, she's the name to look out for in the future. Yeah. Uh, okay, so other news is it seems to be we got sent through a report on a local newspaper in Kona, and it's saying, unfortunately, it doesn't look too positive for Ironman this year. Uh, I'll stop you there, Bevan, because you haven't been keeping up with the news. No, Ironman it's actually been cancelled, isn't it? It's been postponed, isn't it? It's been postponed. So no Kona for October. Now, John, you owe me an apology. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I said Kona was definitely going to be on, and... And no, I go, what if? And you go, no, shut up. You said, yeah. definitely. And anyway, oh, wait, 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 I'm waiting for my apology. No apology coming. Anywhere, <laughs> anywhere else in America, the race would be happening. But the rationale is they're trying to protect the, the community in, in Kona, who, and, and part of it is protecting them. But I think a lot of people maybe don't understand that Kona is a tiny place. And if that hospital gets overrun, yeah, it's game over, Rover. And we have this, that's one of the reasons why we had the same issues in New Zealand. We've got hardly any ICU beds. And so if things kick off, we're deep, deep doo-doo and likewise for Kona. So I think most people agree it's the right decision. Whether or not the race happens in February, I'm not going to stick my neck out on that um, because if they keep the same rationale, Delta's not going anywhere. So who knows what's going to happen. But it well, it's interesting. Awesome. I was um, listening to one of my favourite comedians' podcasts the other day and he was saying he was trying to get to Kona and, or to Hawaii, just getting to Hawaii. And he just said, even from America, it's so tough. You've got to basically prove you've been vaccinated, prove, prove you've got no virus right now. When you arrive, you've got to get tested straight away. So they've gone hardcore in Hawaii, not just for this event, but for everyone in general. What, what, what are the implications then? So, because one thing we have talked about recently is that the amount of loading that a lot of these athletes are had at this period of time, because we're going to have, we're meant to have 7.3 champs. We're going to have Collins Cup. You know, we had, you know, like Frodo and that doing that race recently. So Kona coming into Kona, it was still a few weeks away, but it was kind of like, what does that mean for Kona? With that delay, who does that benefit? Uh, well, I think it benefits a lot of the other races on around that time. You know, there is lots of Ironman races on in this, the latter part of this year. So, yeah, I don't think it benefits <laughs> too many people. But... Oh, I would say it benefits Sanders. 
Yeah, there, I suppose, Sanders, it benefits. It benefits uh, the Southern Hemisphere athletes because we don't have to come out of yeah. our winter. Granted, a lot of the Southern Hemisphere athletes spend their time in, in Europe. Um, so, yeah, I think it probably makes for the 70.3. A lot of people will really 100% shift their focus to 70.3 world champs. So we should see an absolutely stacked field there. Uh, so, yeah, it's really unfortunate. And it's tough for, for especially the people that are on the road, you know, with Braden Curry and, and all our Kiwis and, on. and so on. Yes. I've got a question for you. Why does it have to be Kona this year? What to, sorry, I do not understand your question. Well, why can't they make the world champs another race? Well, I, th I thought that as well. I, th I thought maybe they will put, do a pro-only world championship somewhere. For age groupers, they only want to go to Kona. If you yeah. put a world championships on in Florida or Arizona, it's going to be a, basically a, just another Ironman with a few more internationals. Yeah. But for the, so for the age groupers, it doesn't really matter. For the pros, different story. It would have been nice to put on another Because let's say race. February doesn't happen. It means two years without a world champion. And they could have had a world championship race. Mm, I agree. So the question is, I get it. I totally get that Kona's the golden ticket, but actually we should be having, the, races, the pros are racing. There should be a pro race. I agree. Yeah, so. and unfortunately for New Zealand, we're not going to have the 70.3 world champs down here anytime soon. So that's was supposed to be next November. Or it was supposed to be this November. Then it was supposed to be next November. And now they say it's going to happen at some stage, but St. George is going to be the 70.3 world champs this year. And next year, and New Zealand will be some some way down the track. So that's um, unfortunate for all our Southern Hemisphere athletes in Taupo, um, but such is life at the moment. Also, Ironman has um, done another acquisition. They've bought the Haute Route, which is a it's like the the Tour de France for. Um, age groupers it goes through the alps and they've expanded the series out so it is pretty iconic so they're sort of getting their fingers further and further into cycling and as they've also brought up the gravel epic so yeah they're really just getting into not just iron man these days okay we've got iron man hamburg happening this weekend it's the 2021 edition of it female only race and it looks like a lot of athletes have pulled out or uh they've got the asterisks next to their main which means they are down to race elsewhere as well so it doesn't look like it's a huge field who the, uh, hell knows? who the hell knows who's going to turn up at that one so we'll just give it a mention and and we'll give the people some love next week when they uh when they come out the other side but yeah there's there's no real big names there at all but good okay. luck to everybody racing john's it update so one thing we've got is the Ironman. man i'm sorry the world triathlon <laughs> finale in edmonton this weekend but also super league have announced super league has announced their team so let's talk about the world final first so that was on last weekend. <laughs> and, oh, okay. oh my goodness. Uh, Taylor Nibb, who's racing the Collins Cup this weekend, she won't be, I mean, she could absolutely crush it. It's one of the finest uh, exhibitions you've, you've seen in a non-drafting triathlon. Well, it was a drafting race, but she didn't decide not to draft at all. She just went off the front and just lay the smack down on the bike. Put, really? uh, she put, I think it was about two and a half minutes. She rode 58.44. The others all rode sort of 101 and a half or so. Uh, so she had an insurmountable lead and she's, she's not the greatest runner, but she's not a terrible runner. Uh, so she just crushed it. The only period was second and Flora Duffy just did what she needed to do to get third. She didn't look like she was on top form, which is understandable, but did mean she won the series. Uh, the men's race was, was awesome as well. It came down to a full-on sprint finish uh, with Christian Blumenfeld, Martin Van Riel, and Leo Bagier 
all going. It was a three-way sprint in the finishing shoot, and Christian Blumenfeld just just hang on. Uh, so that was a pretty cool finish. So two quite contrasting races, but the main thing that came out of that for me was Taylor Reed, our Kiwi. He got seventh place, which is awesome, but also Taylor Nib. Uh, she could crush anybody this weekend at Collins Cup. Granted, it's double the distance, but uh, she's on a TT bike. She's fully invested. Uh, she could beat anybody. That, that cool, to, puts a cool little span on the works, doesn't it? But before we go on to Collins Cup, uh, Super League have announced that they're doing teams for their racing. Basically, they've five different teams. You've got the Scorpions, the Eagles, the Cheetahs, the Rhinos, and the Sharks. Uh, and they're managed by different icons of the sport. So you've got Chris McCormick, Tim Don, uh, Annie Emerson, Ronnie Shilnick, and Michelle Dillon. Uh, what's the concept here, John? Are they just trying yeah. to do... I've seen this similar sort of concept before and they've got this international swimming league. And so I don't know if it's going to have that big an impact initially because it basically, the good thing is it's helping to spread the the wealth a little bit. So you're going to have, uh, what is it, five five people on each team. And at the end of the series, there'll be a points tally for wherever you finish in the series and the the winning teams get uh, an equal share of the pie. So um, so that's going to be good for Is it going to be a draft? Like how the teams pick? It's going to be a draft. Uh, So the teams should be pretty even and so that's good for the lower le- lower level athletes because it means there's some guaranteed income in there whether or not it has any impact on the teams racing they're talking up tactical changes and stuff like that not so sure but um yeah it's just it's an it's another interesting component to the to the series whether or not they bring in sort of relays and things like that that's where it could get interesting but super league is going to be really different this year uh they're basically running it over a month four weeks back to back so it's starting on the 5th of september then going the 12th the 18th and the 25th going london munich uh, jersey and and then malibu so could be um yeah i guess they're probably going to I don't know if they're going to charter a plane or what they're going to do, um, but they're just going to fly from venue to venue, which I think is a great idea and it fits into the season really well. So yeah, I think it's a good concept and we'll see how it pans out. But Super League should be awesome. It really, it really should. Tell you what, we've just got a lot of good racing nowadays, haven't we? We have. If this lockdown carries on, bloody hell, I'm going to be uh, cranking out some Zwift miles. Cranking out the Zwift miles. Okay, John, so we've got this week's discussion. This week's discussion was, as a top triathlete had to compete in an Olympic sport that didn't involve swim, bike, or run, what sport would they do best at? And we actually got, it was a great, great question because we got lots of people talking about it. Uh, let's go through it. Okay. Are you far away, Bevan? I'm just I'll go from the top. Right I'm going to say Matt Early's got, uh, let's have a look here. Uh, talking about themselves, is that Olympic sport? I don't know, is that, is, that a, is that a triathlon problem? I think most athletes nowadays have a pretty big, you know, they have a big voice because there's, you know, social media. Yeah, you've got to. you got to get your name out there. Uh, right, you got another one, Bevan. Daniel Fiel has got the winter sport of the version of the sport, biathlon. Nice. That would be interesting. Uh, I'll go a couple here. Uh, Raz Razel says fencing. I don't think so. Matt Canizio says shot put, doubtful. George Samuel says cross-country skiing at the Winter Olympics. I knew, a, I know a few in the Scandinavian countries use this as a training method during the winter month. Yeah, I'd say the Norwegians probably do all right at that. Yeah, Dillian Evanson's got, of course, rowing is the obvious answer, but I'm saying this martial arts for no other reason than the desire to see Frodino and Sanders throw down. <laughs> yeah, rowing set. Dave Cashman says rowing. Someone says golf, dressage, European handball, uh, darts. So I... Uh, Oh, here we go. Uh, Royden Hawks. Hayden Wilde was a handy hockey player in his junior days. I think he played for New Zealand against Aussie. I'd say he'd be a definite gold medal if he was uh, an Olympic sport. 
Yeah, the general uh, Andrew McKay's got the question. Uh, rowing seems to be the one. Javi Olives says race walking. Pole vaulting for James Thomas. There's a bit of a run up in that. <laughs> Nige, Burs, uh, Nige Burs, Burgess says rowing, canoeing, and then BMXing slash skateboarding. Matt, Mor- Matt Morton's got Morton's got the 50k walk. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Melissa Airy's probably got a very good one, and I think this probably takes the cake is modern pentathlon. And that's because who was it? Um... Well, there was Sheila Tormina yeah. did that. Uh, so you got the swimming covered, you got the running covered, uh, you got to do the shooting fencing and horse riding so i know that they all take a lot of skill but at least you've got two of your three bases so i definitely my, my comment would be definitely pentathlon would be an option uh rowing would be your, your obvious uh, other choice and a lot of people have said cross-country skiing scott horn's got cycling scott and, and luckily austin parker gave him the crap read the question mate <laughs> read the question yeah. um yeah rowing does seem the obvious one it's we can use your cardiovascular fitness isn't it so what other sports are really cardiovascular strong and out of swim bike run and it really is rowing canoeing but that's more short and fast isn't it most of the races are short and fast that is oh, well, so I mean, as stupid as it sounds 50k walks probably not a bad version if they could actually get the technique yeah i agree you know? because I, you know they're, they're fast and they're fit so that would probably, the highest chance of doing well would probably be the walk if they could get the technique. Mm-hmm. Now, after last week's hypothetical question, that was an absolute bonzo, bonzo one from Bevan, this week's one. Uh, I've Complicated? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a graph in. I've, I've put a graph in here. So I've, I basically came up with a Collins Cup theoretical pick because what happens in the Collins Cup, each team puts one person up and then the other two teams uh, put their people up. And so it's a bit of a game of chess. You don't know who you're going to put up against each other. So I just did a random, a bit of, not a random draw, but I kind of put up uh, what might be a potential layout. And then I cut, kind of took, took a bit of guesswork and, as to how the points might lay, might lay out as well. John Weir, who we're going to be talking about later, new patron of the show, he's already got on it before we've started the show. And he's put a, uh, uh, what, are, what are they, an animated gif up there. And he's got a picture of Joey with, and Rachel from Friends going, I'm so confused. Uh, so it might, exactly. be a little bit, it might be a little bit confusing. <laughs> but what I wanted to do was have a bit of a play around to see how the points might, might lay out. And if this hypothetical example rang true, uh, Europe would get 34 points, internationals would get 26, and the US would get 21. So have a look on our Facebook page, have a look at the image, see if you can actually work it out. And let me know if you think, I've got, for example, I've got the internationals as their last pick in the final round. I've got Sam Appleton left, and then the Europeans are going to put Patrick Langer and Matt Hansen up against him. And I've said, I reckon Sam Appleton will win that, Patrick Langer will get second, and Matt Hansen will get third. But I think it'll be a close-ish race, and so I don't think there'll be any bonus points. Whereas I've got another one where I've got uh, Sarah Crowley got picked for the internationals. And then I've put Lucy Charles Barclay and Jackie Herring up against her. And I put Lucy Charles Barclay to get three points. Plus I reckon she'll get a one and a half point bonus over Jackie Herring. And I think Sarah Crowley will finish in second. So have, see if you can interpret it, but that's basically what the points table, how it's going to sort of pan out. So a little bit confusing, but that's what we're going to be dealing with this weekend. Uh, it, it's, I love the homework you've done on this because that's a great effort. That, so I'll give you praise on that. 
Yeah. Way too complicated. Last week's such going to get way more answers. Uh, anyway, let's get into Collins Cup. The Collins Cup special. So uh, John's done a bit of an overview here. So let's let's break it down. So first of all, first piece of news is that we've had two replacements happen this weekend. Uh, Jocelyn McCauley, who we're going to talk to soon, replaces Heather Jackson, and Starkey replaces Leifman. Uh, do we know Leifman was injured? Jackson was injured as well? Well, it said personal reasons, and she raced at the weekend. Yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming it's not um, not physical so okay. it's unfortunate because she was the, they did all the big documentary on yeah she's one of the faces and javier gomez who's also not racing and i'm not sure quite sure why he's not racing so that's unfortunate but that's how it's how it's rolling that's just the way it is okay so what is it john i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do the interview questions right so hopefully you guys have been listening because we have talked about this quite a bit but you've got six males and six female races one athlete one athlete from each region so there's 12 races three three athletes male female uh, uh from each continent or each team racing head to head and there'll be i'm not sure what the time gap is between each but it's basically a three-way teeter a three-way race okay time frames that we're going to be seeing in different parts of the world it's good if you're in europe or the states if you're in new zealand you've got to turn all your social media off and get up in the next morning and watch it so it starts at 1 p.m local time uh and 3 p.m for the men so 1 p.m for the women 3 p.m for the men for you guys in the uk awesome Saturday afternoon in front of the TV, 12, 12 noon. If you're in the States, it's 7 o'clock Eastern time. Perfect if you want to get up and do a long training session. If you're in the Pacific time, bit of an early start, 4 o'clock for you guys. Um, but you maybe record the first half and catch the second half. Uh, and then in Sydney and New Zealand, it's not so good. Sydney, 10 o'clock start time in the evening on um, Saturday and 11 p.m. for us Kiwis. Off the top of your head, what is the split between each start? I think I'm guessing it's going to be like five minutes or something like that. Okay. So um, how long will the racing be? Uh, so what is it? It's a, is it's at least about two, between two and three hours. So the whole thing from the coverage of the first person starting to swim to the last person finishing the runs, probably going to be about three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, who is racing and who will it work for? So um, how will it work? For the first first matchup, you've got US are going to designate their first athlete, so they'll they'll put up whatever um, Jocelyn McCauley, and then Europe put someone up against them, and then the internationals put them up someone up against them. The next round, Europeans go first; they put their athlete up, then the internationals, and then the US, and that sort of carries on all the way through. So, uh, draft system probably not that different to what you see. Well, I don't think it's any different to the Ryder Cup and, and other drafts. So, it's just I'm fascinated to see they're going to do it live aren't they how this pans out do you put Jan Fredino up first or do you put your weakest maybe one of your weaker ones like Joe uh, Joe Skipper who's you know a weaker swimmer solid really good on the bike and, and usually pretty solid on the run so I'm I think that's going to be really interesting whether you try to you know put low ball it with Frido Frodo just going right we'll put our weakest athlete up against them and we'll just say okay we might lose some points there but we want to try to win against someone else so I'm, I'm really fascinated by that uh, there is no prize money for the results in the race, but turning up to get prize money. So tell us about that. Yeah, and it's and it's significant for in, in our triathlon world. Other sports not significant. All comes down to where you're ranked. So on um, yeah on the male side of things, there's going to be 18 males ranked. If you're Frodo, you're number one. You're getting ninety thousand dollars US. If you're number eighteen, which will be like the captain's picks that come in at the end, the likes of Kyle Smith and Jackson Laundry and uh, the other ones like Starkey and so on, twenty grand uh, US uh, just for turning up. There's no incentive 
prize money at all. And I've asked our pros about that as well. So that's how it kind of pans out. Now, the one concern I've got around the prize money side of things, and, and Kyle Smith, I think it was, brought this up. It might have been Justin McCauley. I forgot it, forgotten already. But I don't think there's any doubt when you get athletes on the line, they are going full noise. And I don't think the prize money is really going to make that <clears throat> bigger difference right. in terms of them finding that extra 2% to get the finish line quicker. And so but, totally but, but in saying that, we've spoken to athletes over the year, years where you know, the money doesn't make a difference in a race. Yep, but I don't think it's going to be a massive, massive driver. So I get that side of it. And, I th and whoever it was I, we interviewed earlier on, I think they hit the nail on the head is athletes' preparation would be different if there was the prize money was largely performance-related. So would Lionel Sanders have gone and raced an Ironman the week before if he was going to Collins Cup going, going oh, you maybe get five grand for turning up and you might win 100 if you win your match? versus him doing an Ironman the week before. Likewise, we've got like Braden Curry, who's literally only flown out of New Zealand today, I think it is, uh, and he's going over there um, to race. And he's had, he's had a urinary tract infection, I think, as well, um, really recently. So whether or not he's in top form, I'm not quite sure. So he hasn't raced, I don't think, since maybe Ironman New Zealand. I'm not sure if he did anything in between. But so I think people's preparation might have been 100% stacked for the Collins Cup if there was massive money on the line versus they just need to turn up and do the race. So I think that's... Where so so you, do you think that ultimately what we want to get is a system where you get an appearance fee, but also prize money for performance? Absolutely. I think um, I think that would make a big difference. So you've got to get the big kahunas there. So I'm not saying it's it needs to be really heavily weighted one way or the other, but it might be somewhere in the middle. So instead of Fredino or something getting 90,000, they get 45,000 for turning up because they're the highest ranked athletes, good on them. But then there's the opportunity for some of the others to maybe get their other 45 and it comes down to performance basis. I don't know how exactly you'd, you'd fix that, but because here's the thing, like Braden, you were saying, has been a bit sick recently. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's been a tough year because he, but even if he's not a peak, he's going to turn up because you're getting, what totally. is he? He's going to, what was he getting? Is he getting, he's eight, getting about 80,000 New Zealand dollars. So, okay. Um, so, like, so, like, whereas normally, if it was like, eh, maybe I'm best not to do this race. So, that's one of the downfalls of this system is that, and I'm not saying that's Braden, because I know Braden's an athlete and, and Braden's a competitor. So, I'm not saying that about Braden in general, but it's a problem that we could see moving forward if we keep the system is that some people might be a little bit injured, a little bit sick, a little bit, you know, know that probably, but you know what? I'm still going to turn up and just tick the box because I'm going to get a yeah. good payday. Whereas, if it was more of a performance based payment, you know, again, and I do like what you're saying. It's that A, we want to prioritize this race in the year, and B, we probably will do want to do some reward to make sure they turn up peak wanting to actually do their best performance. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just first year, everything else around this race, I'm just pumped for. And, and I, I'm it's COVID time. Yeah, I'm more pumped for this than I was for the Olympic triathlon. And I, I love the oh, Olympic really? triathlon. It was awesome. But there's so much unknown in this race, um, which, which is going to be interesting. In so, terms points. Of, points so for each of the 12 races and this will help you interpret my little uh, image we've got on the facebook page so for each 12 matches three points for first whoever wins two for second and one for third the bit where it gets a bit confusing is there is a half point for every two minute margin by which you beat your opponents in their respective matches with a maximum of one and a half points for a margin 
in excess of six minutes. So if Lucy Charles wins her race and whoever she's up against is six minutes back, she'll get a minute, uh, one and a half points bonus. If they're four minutes back, then she'll get a one minute bonus. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see many. I, I, I kind of, when I was playing around with my numbers, I think on the female side, I think the potential for some blowouts is a little bit higher than the than the men's side. Um, but that being said, we often see just as close in the females, but I just think a few of those races might get a little bit blown out. Six minutes over a half Ironman or less than a half Ironman is a massive margin. And when you look at other results of things like the Daytona races or really stacked events, um, you typically are not going to see that bigger margin but if someone blows out or they're injured but what about knows? the non-draft effect because I, I know oh. i know line course doesn't mm. draft but there, there is the, the, the kind of the effect of being in a pack you know that does take a factor out and so that should mean in theory that gaps are going to be bigger and it's a massive advantage for yeah a strong cyclist strong cyclists and the guys yeah. that are typically way behind out of the swim the likes of sam long um and joe skipper Lionel, people like that uh big advantage for them Okay, production. Holy crap, man! Um, They're going all in out there. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen anything like this. And I, yeah, it is, they are going full in. You carry on, people. <coughs> well, just like I don't know if you've been on social media recently, but if you if you're a triathlete, you don't know about Collins Cup, you're blind oh, or you're deaf because they're just everywhere. And I know we're getting like seven bloody media releases a day, but good on them. That's what they've got to do. They're trying to create hype, trying to get it out there. Um, you know, they've, they've done a great job of getting it into mainstream media, not mainstream media, like on the news channels, but getting it to me, the fact they've got it on all these big TV networks, especially sporting networks, like, you know, when they first, when we went to wrote and they announced this, we were in wrote when they announced this, and it was one of those things of good luck, you know, and then it kind of fell wayward and, and now it's kind of like it's here, but also I think they've probably done better than they hoped they could for this one. Yeah, they've just sunk so much money into this. It's uh, it's awesome. So I don't think they could have done anything else up to this stage. What I'm really interested, uh, by the way, they've got they've got an app out which looks really cool because one of our frustrations, you're watching an Ironman race and you're going, what the hell's happening elsewhere? There's the tracker, but it doesn't really tell you that much. The app looks like it's next level. Oh, okay, so if, if, if what you're, you're watching it on the screen, you're going, what the hell's happening in match number three? I don't care about this one. I want to see how Lionel Sanders is going. You can switch across, and, and so that looks really, really cool. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly and uh, and we don't have any dropouts or anything like that. Um, what I'm intrigued to know is how they're going to cover um, six athletes. So there's going to be six races going at a time, You know, the female races and the male races. That's going to be 18 athletes. It could be spread out potentially by several minutes so are you going to have 18 cameras out there covering every single athlete i don't know but yeah that, that aspect intrigues me you know and at kona and at ironman races there's maybe two or three cameras uh 18 cameras would be huge uh, what, what i'm fascinated with, with is how do they put it together you know like because you, you think of like a golf golf's an interesting game because you've basically got like you know these packs all moving around and the TV production is just go to the moments that they they tend to go to the leaders in the moments so it might be a good shot or following people who are coming up the field um it'll be interesting to watch to see how the producer is actually putting it together to keep it an interesting dynamic for the spectator and you know because there'll be some races which are really close and there's gonna be some races which are probably a bit of a blowout so what's the dynamic around production that actually keeps it quite stimulating for us the viewers 
One thing I, where area where I think there's potential for disaster is during the, the bike and run portions of the event, each athlete will be miked and in contact with their respective team captains and communications will be broadcast to the viewers. All team captains and viewing audience will have access to various live metrics, a pace, power, watts, etc., of all competitors. And team captains will be permitted to communicate this information to their athletes throughout the race. So that is going to be really cool. So what you However, can see what your competitor's doing, you can say, hey, mate, he's pushing the power too much now. You know, he's yeah. in trouble here. He's, yeah, oh, yep, yep. And, um, but I just think with them being mic'd up, that's the one area which I think could go completely tits up. Because you see, in cycling, in Tour de France, things like that, it's relatively straightforward. You know, you're, you're getting on the bike, everything's mic'd up. I'm not quite sure how they're going to do it coming out of the swim and onto the run, how that's going to work. I can see mics falling off. I can see earpieces not being inside. I'm not holding my breath on that. But all the metrics will be quite cool um, to see. Uh, anything else? Uh, get involved though. Now they have got the fantasy league that we've that brought into the pro the PTO recently. And so if you're close to uh, the link in on PTO's website, the fantasy games, you can actually do your picks for. Now, can you do your picks yet, or do you have to wait no. till they've actually announced the teams or the yeah, races? Wait, wait till the, the till. Wednesday or Thursday once the teams are out and then you've just got to pick who you think is going to get first, second, third in each uh, event and the point scoring will be based on who wins but also by how much there will be those bonus points in there and they just announced this morning that I, I was going to tell people get involved regardless because I think it's really cool and, and, and a fun part of our sport but now you can actually win a prize to go on all expenses trip to the Collins Cup next year. How cool uh, is that? get a second and third places as a Tag Heuer watch. Uh, and then they're giving away like a Wahoo kicker bike, some smart trainers, uh, kicker watches. So it's worthwhile getting on board. And my only hope for this, Bevan, is that as media, we're also eligible for the prizes. <laughs> so I'll be pissed if I do really, really well and I don't get a prize. <laughs> well, I imagine there'll be a few people who actually pick it all right. It won't be just one person. I imagine a few people get it right because there are so many combinations. Um, so it might come down to a draw anyway. But overall, how cool is this? And, and I just think this is a defining moment in our sport. Uh, the pros are starting to take ownership of the sport. They've got great organisation. They've got good money behind them. If this can prove to be, you know, a billionaire is not going to throw something money at something unless they think they can make money from it. So... But if this can prove to be a success and a stepping stone towards, you know, Charles was talking about, they look at having four events eventually, um, each annual, each year. Man, we, we, we might look back in this time and say, this is the moment triathlon changed. Mm. And uh, we've had that word game changer used before. And like uh, at other races, when there's it's just big money on offer, yeah. Yeah, you get a really good field, but hey, that was just a race. Whereas this is quite different. I'm really, I am really, really excited about it. My worry is Europe are going to absolutely trounce everybody. You've got a really stellar lineup. I do think there's going to be some real big surprises on the internationals team and the American team. There's some athletes there that are like enigmas and you don't know what they're going to pull out on the day. So like a Teresa Adam, she's ranked number two in the world. Hasn't raced since March. Um, she could open a can of whoop ass. She could be absolutely hopeless. Um, mm. You've also got Paula Finlay. She won Challenge Daytona and absolutely caned everybody if she's on her a game you know she could beat anybody you know potentially she could beat the likes of daniela reef if she's slightly off her game so i think there's enough in there where it could be pretty competitive but at the same time it could also be a, a european um, blowout yeah and it's first year i'm sure they're going to learn stuff and after the fact we'll go where they could have improved on that but mm. hey Good on the, the organization. It's absolutely amazing stuff. Okay, John, now we're going to interview two of the athletes. We're going to put uh, Justin McCauley up first, and then we're going to put Kyle Smith up, and then we'll be back after these interviews right now. 
Righto team, you've been hearing us talk about the Collins Cup and how awesome it's going to be this weekend. One of the athletes who is going to be racing, she got a late call up, is Jocelyn McCauley. So welcome along, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for having me. Where, where are you now, Jocelyn? Obviously, you, you reside in America, you're racing for America. Um, where are you now and why are you wherever you are? <laughs> um, yes, I reside in uh, Idaho, in America, but then came across, well, then went to Boulder for the 70.3, which was a bus, and then went to Finland, and I am currently now in London area um, as just a holding ground before I go to Slovakia for the Collins Cup. Cool. So, so 2020 seemed like a bit of a write-off for you. Did, did it kind of just that nothing fit in in regards to racing, or were you just not in your groove, or just kind of, you know, you wanted a year off? Like, where was 2020 at for you? <laughs> or you might hear something in the background like a baby <laughs> oh. oh there you go that's, that's that's a really good reason not to have a year off <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean there wasn't much racing obviously in 2020 i was on the new zealand ironman new zealand start line which was pretty much the last big race in 2020 yeah. uh besides daytona at the end of the year um but i i was very very sick uh, I got very sick going into New Zealand. And so I uh, had to pull out. I, I tried to start the race because I'll never not try to start that race just because it's, it has my heart. So <laughs> um, I started the race and I really shouldn't have, but uh, pulled out and uh, then got pregnant. Mm. But you, you've got, uh, an, an, well, I know, one other child or two other children? One. Yeah, she's eight. So I have an eight-year-old and a five-and-a-half-month-old. Very good. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of races there. Boulder 70.3, where you got ninth, and Ironman Finland, where you got second. Um, we've seen how awesome you can be on your best days. You know, some of those performances you've done at New Zealand and other races have been amazing. So how were those two races for you in terms of Boulder and Finland? Yeah, uh, Boulder was bust. I mean, I have never raced well at altitude for some reason. I, it just doesn't agree with me. I I even did, um, my sister and brother-in-law and I, uh, my family did, um, about two and a half weeks at altitude, um, above what Boulder was. It was at 6,800 feet and Boulder's around 52. And so did my training and, um, sleep and everything up there. And, um, it still was a bust. I mean, I've done Boulder two other times and honestly, this time was less bad those other two times but it was still really bad <laughs> um yeah so it did not stack up to any of my good races or or anything um it really affects me when i get to the run as well and also boulder was incredibly smoky in yeah. in north america especially the west coast area we've had lots of horrible um well the boulder area is not on fire it's all the california oregon washington stuff that's on fire that flows over so I, I also think that affects people differently and it just really wrecks me. I can't train in smoke. Um, so in Boise, I actually have an air purifier. I just run, um, in my training area, uh, constantly to, you know, decrease that. And that seems to help, but, and then Finland, you said, I going to Finland and getting second there, um, was tons better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I felt great in the swim, on the bike, you know, it was, it was pretty much um, me, Imogen Simmons and Laura Phillip together for the swim and then the bike. 
And then the run is where Laura just took off like a rocket. It was ridiculous. She, she That was a crazy, amazing run split. It'll be really fun to see what she can do in Kona um, with yeah. that. Um, but um, my run's not at 100%. And I know that from giving birth five and a half months ago. But mm-hmm. it is better than what I showed in Boulder, which I then showed in Finland. Because that, that course is a pretty ridiculous course in itself <laughs> yeah. was the choice to do Finland partly was it to be in Europe in case you got the Collins Cup call up or like obviously you had a great performance and you wanted to have a great race there but was that kind of in the back of your mind that if you are going to be called up for Collins Cup you know being in Finland doing that race is a good thing or was it purely kind of coincident that this has worked out this way it was a hundred percent coincidence it was wow. I was I my like jaw dropped when I got the text message and then phone call about the Collins cup after the race. Um, I like, I called my husband right away. I was like, you would never believe, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. What are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? Like <laughs> if it does work out and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it, it was, um, it was in my back pocket after Boulder. I had already signed up for Finland and I already had tickets for go- flying to Finland. Um, Cause in this COVID era, lots of tickets are refundable or changeable. So it makes things a lot easier um, as, as a professional triathlete. Yeah, um, true. yeah, it's been nice. Um, and so, yeah, I already had the, Oh, sorry. I already had the tickets to Finland and after Boulder was horrible. And I was like, well, that, that result's not going to get me in. <laughs> I was like, so I might as well just go race in Finland um, and try to get a Kona slot. And, and also I, I spent so much like effort and I, I mean, you guys know what goes into like a build, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just so much and I got nothing out. Well, I didn't feel like I got anything out of it with a ninth place in Boulder. And so I was like, I, I need to get something. I need to get some return on my investments that I just made. Um, uh, a lot of time away from family and, and um, which is, it's hard. So I was like, I need to go do Finland and I need to make those investments pay out. And, and I did, which was great. So did you get in courtesy of your ranking or a captain's fit? Cause we, we know that, um, uh, uh, the name eludes me now, pull, pulled out. And did you go straight in because of ranking or was it more of a captain's pick? I think I don't know exactly how it would be described. Um, I just, uh, from what uh, Karen Smyers has said, who she's, you know, one of the captains along with Mark Allen, um, is that, you know, Heather pulled out and then it, they did contact Lindsay Corbin to see if she wanted to come and race and she turned it down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then they said, you know, this is, this is outside the, you know, time for, you know, automatic qualifications. Mm. This is, you know, we've already done our two captains picks, but now we need to just make a decision for the team. What, what person do we think based on the most recent results, what person do we think is going to, you know, give, um, the best for the team and so off of my finland result obviously like off of my boulder result they would have just looked past me <laughs> so, so i mean and i was told so much <laughs> so yeah. like um, <laughs> so, Subtle. So I, yeah i like the honesty it, it helps right like keep, and and honestly like i i love their captain's picks i think that those were the right picks and displayed by the last two weeks of results definitely the right picks right 
um, just uh, so like Taylor Nib, uh, just how she's um, just blown apart the field on the bike lately. Um, so anyway, so that's exactly how it was described to me. So I don't know if you would call that a captain's pick or a call up. I don't know what it's called, but it, that's how it happened. <laughs> so. so so in comparison, you know, obviously you're a little bit different because it is kind of this last minute call up you get. And so most of the other athletes at least have a longer runway coming into the race. But as you go into this weekend, how's it compare to a normal event? Like even this far out, you know, you're still kind of four or five days out, but does it kind of feel like a normal event or does it feel different? Is it different expectations? Just kind of talk through that experience for us. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't get into that race mindset and race zone until, until really like the day before the race, honestly. And then it like, Oh my gosh, stuff is real. <laughs> and so right now it doesn't feel any different than to any other race buildup. Like I just packed up my bike today because we're flying out tomorrow early morning to get there. Um, I think that it's going to feel when I'm on the ground in Slovakia and doing my 500 media engagements and <laughs> um, dinners and whatnot we have all planned, which is awesome and exciting. Um, I think then it's going to be a more surreal experience. I think I've never been to the Olympics. I've never, you know, experienced that, but I think it's going to be on par to that. Not, not the 2021 Olympics, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe like the 2016 Olympics um, feel and uh, just to feel like a, you know, celebrity in a way and um, do those engagements and just be really busy that, that week leading up. Um, I think it's going to feel even more of a zoo that the people say that, you know, Kona is like such a, a crazy circus. I think it's going to feel even, even more so just not all the people there, but just all of the hype there. Yeah. Because I was going to ask a question around that is, you know, like uh, most people are on social media are just getting their social media completely clogged up with everything from the Collins cup and like, the, <laughs> uh, which is, which is great. Um, but, you know, in terms of the, the pre-production of all the clips I've done, everything just seems to be next level. So we're, we're hoping and praying that on race day, you know, the coverage and the matchups are, are going to be equal to that. But I guess my question would be, so yeah, there's a lot, does it seem like there's lots of commitments once you get over there from, from media perspective and, and doing all that sort of stuff um, prior to the race? Yeah. I mean, they like sent a whole commitment calendar out time places you need to be and my Thursday is very packed I'm like wait where's nap time in there where's my nap time and then I'm still breastfeeding my chat my baby so it's like how's that feeding fitting in there and stuff like that but I'm sure it'll all work out and it'll all be smooth enough cool have you got has there been any discussion at this stage and I'm picking maybe not until you get there but any discussion around um potential lineups who you want to get go up against who you don't want to go up against or is that sort of still to, to be confirmed once you get over there um that's still to be confirmed once we get over there they're actually going to televise that um I know that they're going to put it on the PTO hub and it's going to be, I think on Eurosport mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I, all of the, where everything is broadcast. Um, pretty much if you go to anyone's going to the Collins cup, if you go to their Instagram, they're going to have that link in their bio yeah. um, to where you can watch it. But um, yeah. So Wednesday is when they're going to do um, the draft is what they're calling it. And that's when, you know, Europe 
put someone up and then the internationals get to choose and then America chooses and they, they're going to go in that, you know, 12 times for the 12 matchups, six men, six women. Um, and so, yeah, we don't find out until Wednesday night <laughs> we're going to race, which is, is weird in a way. Cause I, I really, um, I like targeting, you know, the, my competitors and knowing who I'm going to race and, and things like that. And so to not know until, you know, basically two days before the race, it is a little different and is a little weird, but it's how the format is and everyone does it. So I, I'm excited to see who they put me up against and who I get to race my heart out against. Do you, do you think the actual racing is going to be much different to like a normal triathlon? Like, um, you know, often when you go out there now in both the males and females races, you know, you, you maybe have a little bit of a group you can work with on the bike or sometimes you're solo TTing. Um, but in this case, you know, there's a reasonable likelihood that it could be solo TTing unless you swim the same speed as one of your rivals. Um, so do you, do you think it's going to be much different out there? And do you think the impact of the having being mic'd up and things like that will, will have much influence on the race? Um, well, I think uh, being mic'd up, you will have more of a real time. Where are you? How far ahead? How far behind? Etc. You are in a race, which which will hearken into the 2020 days of online racing and, you know, being able to visually see exactly where you are in a race online, which was fascinating and super fun. Uh, so I think there will be more of that aspect of it, which will be interesting. Um, and then other than that, I mean, I, the tactics that will come into it are, I think, you know, it will just be going out there and racing your heart out as hard as you can. Um, but you know, maybe holding back a little bit on the bike to be able to ride with someone or pushing a little harder to bridge that gap, to be able to ride with them, um, and things like that. So I think there will be some tactics out there for sure that will be able to be communicated through mics and, and whatnot, like, like the tour, right? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I think there will be some of that. And, um, I mean, it's just so exciting because it's the inaugural race, right? So none of us know how is this going to work? How is this going to play out? And and I think it'll play out different next year as well. So, You know, one thing about long course triathlon is it's such a, a solo kind of isolated experience in, in being a professional athlete. Uh, I'm sure you have friends, but also in racing. This is kind of the first time long course athletes kind of get that team experience. Do you feel more pressure or responsibility for that reason? Pressure, no. Probably responsibility, yes. Um, I think I also feel a heck of a lot more responsibility than an automatic qualifier um, oh, because okay. I I was, you know, called up to replace Heather. And so, I mean, one, those are huge shoes to fill. <laughs> mm. And then two, it's just, you know, well, there's, I'm sure, uh, a lot of other athletes out there, other pro women in America saying, well, why not me? And why not me? And so I feel the um, responsibility to go out there and show this is why it was me. Nice. Um, I, I, I know a lot of uh, age groupers will be sort of looking at the way that the, the sort of payment system set up and they'll go, it's all done on rankings and they'll go, hey, would, would that not be better to have some 
um, performance components in there. So, you know, I mean, my, my sort of perspective is you guys are going to go and absolutely race your guts out and, and, and <laughs> yeah. money, you know, if there was an extra 10 grand on the line, is that going to make much difference? But I think a lot of people maybe think like that going, hey, well, you know, the, if you've got, if you have got the extra 10, 20, 30 grand on the line, if you win your match, <laughs> do you think that would have had <laughs> much impact? I don't think so. Um, I don't think it would have much impact in how we actually race. I think maybe it would have impact in how people built into the race. Mm. Um, if, if that makes sense, because yep. yeah, because obviously there's 70.3 worlds in two weeks after the Collins cup. Um, obviously there are some people who needed to do last minute Kona qualifications. <laughs> yeah, wonder and... who you're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, but yeah, a, a male. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that if there was an extra money on the line, maybe those decisions would be different. Maybe not. Um, because who, who knows? There's some people like Matt Russell, right? He races better the second Ironman or even the third Ironman that he does in a month. So, you know, different people are different. Um, I think, you know, I think as far as I know, everyone that I know has been building into this race to be able to execute to their potential um, in Slovakia, which is just going to be, you know, these a lot of, you know, a lot of these athletes who are all just, you know, very highly ranked in the world and going against each other. And there's a lot of pride in triathlon. So I think that the, the money wouldn't matter. It's the pride that matters more. Mm. Awesome. So if people want to follow you um, and your sort of journey across there and your journey through this week, what's uh, the best way for people to do that? Yeah. I, on Instagram at Jocelyn McCauley, I am on there and I'll be, haven't posted in two days, but, <laughs> but I'll be posting a lot more going into the Collins cup. And uh, once I touch down in Slovakia. Cool. Awesome. Anything else uh, going on in your world? You got any plans beyond this? Well, I wasn't going to do 70.3 worlds because of the Collins cup. Cause I, I just was like, that's just way too much racing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now because of Kona, right. And then yeah. now Kona being delayed till February, I probably will do 70.3 worlds. Uh, it's a 10 hour drive from my house. So why not? Um, and then after that, probably, uh, another Ironman, either Florida or Mallorca haven't quite decided yet which one. So. Awesome. And then hopefully New Zealand in March. Fingers crossed. We're in a cut. You may or may not know we're currently in a lockdown. But, in a uh, lockdown. Hopefully I know. Braden barely last. got out. Yeah, hopefully we'll get out of there shortly. So awesome. We'll let you get back to your little bubba there. And uh, all the best for this weekend. I think you're going to go awesome. And I'm fascinated to see who you're lined up against. And uh, have a great time out there. Awesome. Thanks, you guys, so much. And um, hopefully it'll give you some entertainment in your lockdown. So stay safe. Okay, team, uh, you guys heard earlier from this year from Kyle Smith, who had been dominating the dojo in New Zealand, and then he's uh, spread his wings over to, to Europe, and he's going to crush it this weekend at the Collins Cup, representing New Zealand on the international team. Uh, so welcome back to the show, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really um, excited for the Collins Cup. It's kind of like my big foray into international racing, I guess, and just to see how I uh, stack up against the, the big dogs.
So since you're in New Zealand and caning it over here, you've gone over to Europe and you've there's only one result we see on the, the PTO page in terms of long course racing. And it's a fifth, which on paper you go, oh, that's, that's okay. But it was only about a minute off actually winning the race. So um, I know you've been doing other stuff in Europe since, since then. So maybe give us a bit of a rundown on, on what you've been doing since you left NZ and, and what it's been like over in Europe for you so far this season. Yeah, so I guess I came to Europe just on the back of Ironman New Zealand. It was kind of looking, it was a, there's a fork in the road. It was kind of go back to bricklaying or come over to Europe and spend a, a summer in the sunshine and try and make some money. So that was about a two-second decision. And then, yeah, I came over to Europe. My uh, girlfriend was over here, so it was just the, the no-brain thing to do. So, yeah, came over and um, had my... Kona slot obviously had 70.3 world slot so all of the big racing was going to happen kind of August September October um, and so the kind of European season was just kind of picking and choosing racing and kind of mainly focusing on getting really fit for these big races um, so yeah I raced European champs unfortunately I had a bit of a kind of rocky road into European champs I had a bike crash and kind of beat up my bike quite badly so I kind of uh scraped around to find some parts for that so it was definitely not running as fast as it could be like i was in decathlon the night before uh flying out to the race to buy aerobars for the thing so yeah it was definitely like a relief to be on the start line and yeah just kind of stoked to uh kick off that uh racing and I, I had a really good race actually i was really happy uh with how it went kind of had that lead off the bike over a really solid bike pack um and then yeah just kind of fell short at the end and that was just more of a reflection of where my training was at at the time and i was just kind of more excited from there to put in the hard yards and um yeah kind of get ready for these races um and then yeah i've raced some um some shorter stuff as well so i've been racing the french grand prix over here which is um i guess kind of like itu format but um it's quite prestigious kind of series here and and quite uh contended racing you've got you know the race on the weekend was every man and his dog was there and uh had the privilege of mario mola putting my running shoes on and then realizing they were my running shoes and then kind of had an <laughs> argument and transition and then uh and then we were on our way so yeah now that's what i've been kind of up to here and then yeah now just sitting in uh samarin at the collins cup uh, getting ready to race so I know I, I started following you on um, Instagram and I, I'm not a big social media person, but uh, I sort of noticed you, you fairly early committed to going to the Collins Cup, even if you weren't going to make the team. Was that, um, how confident were you of making it? And I guess, I suppose you had the backup that you could have done the championship if you hadn't made the team. So I guess, how confident were you of making it? Um, actually, I wasn't really confident at all, to be honest. I I said that if, if I made this this race, I, I really wanted to come here and be in the best shape possible. Um, and if I didn't, obviously, then there's the race, the the Challenge World Championships the day after as well. So it wasn't kind of a – I just didn't want to do too many races and be burnt out. I was quite burnt out at the end of the New Zealand season and raced Ironman New Zealand. And I was pretty tired. So I kind of didn't want that again, especially kind of kicking off into this big – you know, this would have been the first race of uh, the kind of, yeah, Collins Cup or the um, uh, Challenge World Champs or in 70.3 World Champs and then Kona all in a row. So I didn't want to kind of come into it already overcooked. And I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. So, yeah, I'm, uh, but yeah, like I say, I wasn't super confident in getting the selection. 
but I was kind of hoping that social media post to go out there and people would <laughs> see that I'm actually committed to the race. <laughs> nice, like your work. Um, yeah. Look, what do you think of the the payment structure and how the how it sort of works with the Collins Cup? Um, because you know you get an automatic payment um, for for making the team. Obviously, I, I assume that's at the the lower end of the scale, which is still not bad um, considering what what prize money's on offer elsewhere. But um, and I asked the same question to Jocelyn McCauley. You know because there's no prize money as such for performance do you think that has much of an impact on on the event or you know would you personally rather have there been you know maybe an appearance fee plus plus prize money what are, what are your sort of thoughts around that and, and what do other people think as well yeah I can't really speak for too many other people but for me like I've never really raced for money I've kind of you pin a number on my back and I and I give it a good shot anyway and that's kind of like how I've always raced really so I mean it doesn't really make a difference to me whether I you know whether I'm getting paid at the end of the day I'm still going to try and beat the in this case two other other guys that are on the start line with me but it is kind of a nice luxury that that isn't the pressure of prize money because when I was racing in New Zealand there was always that pressure there and it made me quite not nervous but maybe a little bit anxious because I knew that I was only one DNF or one non-result away from going back to a full-time job like mm. that was the way I was working in the summer so you know I was bricklaying up until four weeks before the first half of the season the PTO put up money for the uh yeah that first half of the season and I said right not coming into work tomorrow I'm going to train uh and I had enough money to get to that first race of the season um and then won that race and that put a little bit of money in my account to float to the Tauranga half and then won that and then it floated me to the other and that was how I was surviving and I knew that you know when I was lining up and whatever it was Wanaka or Tauranga like if I didn't you know finish that race or if I had a bad day then I, I didn't have money in, to pay rent the next week right so and now it's nice that you know you're getting paid before the event kind of speak and it just takes that other pressure off you know like just there's so much things that that you're kind of not worried about but they're in your mind and that's just one thing that doesn't need to be on your mind before the race and now I can actually just focus on delivering the race that I want to deliver and just going full send and kind of yeah not worried about oh what if I puncture or what if I do this what if I do that which is you know things that kind of linger over you sometimes. I guess that must be a bit different, you know, because it probably makes it a slightly more level playing field because I know that, you know, there's lots of athletes that are in the same <clears throat> same ballpark as you in terms of, you know, it's survival when you're either a new athlete or you're maybe that second rung down versus the guys like Garnfredino and Danielle Reef, you know, obviously they're focusing 100% on being the best they can, but they haven't got that pressure of uh, of necessarily needing to make a buck at every race. You know, the, the, they've got the advantage where they can just focus on the performance. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably, you know, that stability creates the performance, right? And that's kind of the age-old question is, is like, I guess in, in federations, it's do money make medals or do medals make money? And it's, it's kind of a bit of one of the, uh, you know, one or the other kind of thing and I, I think you definitely need that stable you know stable home life stable background and just so you can prepare the best you can and that's what I think Jan has so well right like he and um, and Daniela as well is that they've got their stability they've got their team financially everything's stable whereas yeah like you say for the new pros or the kind of pros who are scraping by and the, on the breadline it is pretty hard it's pretty tough like for example this year 
you know, me and my girlfriend have been in a team accommodated uh, 15 meter square apartment in France. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty kind of make it or break it kind of stuff. But yeah, thankfully we're pretty tough characters and we kind of find a way um, yeah, to make it work. Oh. Now, you, you mentioned you're already at San Marin. Um, what can you sort of tell us about the, the race site? And, and I assume you may have been out on the course. So, so give us a bit of a lowdown on, you know, the course that we can expect to see you guys racing on this weekend. And, and I, I believe it's pretty flat, but just sort of give us a rundown. Yeah, so it's like, um, I've just got here actually myself, but it's super, everything's in one place. It's like, this is the Olympic training facility, I guess, the Slovakian Olympic training facility. So there's a you know, all the training facilities are amazing. There's a track, 50 meter pool. The place is massive. Equestrian center, the works. And yeah, so the race kind of swims in like a harbor or a river or something. I think there's a river here. And and then the bike is pan flat, like you said. And uh, the run's quite a mixed terrain run. So I'm kind of likening it towards sort of like a tower and a half for the uh, KP listeners. Um, yeah. Sounds like it's kind of a bit of a mixed terrain run. Um, but yeah, super flat and super fast. So it should be good racing. And it's kind of, I'm really excited for it too. It's slightly shorter than a half as well. And if this distance was in the European champs, then I would have been home and dry. But <laughs> uh, the 18K mark in the run in European champs is where I got caught. So I'm looking forward to uh, to see what I can do going through the 18K mark in Samara. Um what's i mean i know it's only what monday night for you for you over there and and i guess the, most of the other athletes probably haven't turned up yet but look so far in terms of the professionalism of this event it is just dwarfing anything we've ever seen in triathlon before and i hate the word game changer um <clears throat> but the coverage i've done up to this date and everything that's in place in terms of the prize money the field everything just seems to be tracking you know <clears throat> almost perfectly other than a few people sort of changing teams and not changing teams but having to pull out what's it been like on the inside thus far or is it sort of just <clears throat> you're still not quite there yet and, and what do you expect to unfold this week yeah, it's uh, definitely we've all got a media schedule. There's about 10 emails a day that come through, so I missed nine of them. Um, but no, no, it's seriously, it's really cool. Um, yeah, the but the vibe is really relaxed, actually. I think everyone just wants, you know, just to have a good week. And I think the relaxed vibe is just going to be great. And all the athletes are here and everyone's having fun and everyone's mingling and everyone's chatting. And it's it's really nice, actually. Um, but yeah, the, I think the week's pretty cram-packed. We have things on everyday media commitments interviews and and i guess it's just going to be the media spectacle that because they have to deliver the media spectacle that it's hyped up to be right so and we all play a part in that role and i'm just going to try and get myself out there and uh and make uh yeah just make hay while the sun shines i guess and yeah just get amongst it and enjoy the atmosphere and um get to kind of mingle in against my idols of the sport i guess have you um, have you sort of t- talked much with your team captains yet around tactics or picks and things like that yet, or is that sort of to come later in the week? Yeah, that's to come on Wednesday, so I guess Thursday your time. Um, it's going to be uh, televised, um, but I don't know if there's going to be any tactics involved because the way that it works, it's almost like an NBA draft, if you will. So uh, I'm guessing the way it's tracking is Team Europe will get the first pick, and so they'll. For example, they say, okay, we want Jan Frodeno to go first. And then um, then Team Europe and Team International literally have five minutes to go away and decide who they want to pair against um, Jan. So Crowey and and our team captains could go away and say, okay, we need to make a decision in five minutes who it, 
we would like to put in that race. They probably have an idea, but yeah, we we have no idea, and I actually haven't seen the captains yet. I think they're still kind of yeah. still um, kind of flooding in at the moment from all over the place. But yeah, so it's actually going to be really interesting. And then obviously, um, do you put uh, your best athlete against their best athlete or do you save your best athlete to go against a weaker field so that they can pick up more points like it's a it's a whole juggling act of kind of what it's going to be and yeah, how yeah. the kind of race is going to fall out do you put the athletes who are really good by themselves in a in a group with stronger or weaker swimmers it's actually going to be a really interesting dynamic and i'm really looking forward to if we can kind of get a chat there and kind of get a, a say in the matter which would be cool but I'm definitely going to be rooting to try and go against Yarn and uh, just try and go for the big shark straight out of the gate. Well, I, th- I, I kind of think that you've got to put somebody who's a good swim biker up against Yarn Fredino because otherwise I think they've got no chance. So I, I, I did a, a theoretical pick and I think I actually put you up against him. Um, so good, good luck with that. Are, are you the youngest athlete um, that's signing up? Do you know? Yeah, I think I'm the youngest male athlete. I'm I'm sure Taylor Nibs younger than yes. me on the female side, um, but yeah, I'm the youngest male athlete. So I guess yeah, it's just kind of like the young buck against the. Uh, I don't know if I go against Yarn, it'll be a bit of a David and Goliath story, which would be pretty cool. And uh, I hope I can do it justice by absolutely sending it and <laughs> taking it to him. I think he's just turned forty, so uh, he's on he's on the he's on the downward spiral. Um, yeah, now talk. You, you mentioned your your bike and you had having a bloody crash and going into decathlon and and having to patch it up for for that first race you did over there. Um, what's what what are you what are you going to be riding this weekend and what's what's your sort of setup? Yeah, so I guess when the I got the call up for Collins Cup, a few companies reached out just to kind of say, hey, we know that you're not riding the best equipment at the moment they saw my post from europeans and they said hey we we, we want to help out and uh yeah so just kind of small companies so hoob my wetsuit supplier said hey we'll buy you um, a pair of these watch shop error bars so they're um, super cool and uh, adjustable error bar system that everyone's kind of going towards now so that's kind of a nice upgrade and then another British company um, parkour wheels have come on board and they've said, yeah, we'll throw you a nice pair of wheels and uh, actually make you roll fast. And yes, I've chucked them on and they're really nice wheels compared to the uh, wheels that I've been borrowing and kind of scrimping off everybody since I've been racing really. Um, And then, yeah, a chain ring company, Pyramid Cycling Designs. Um, actually, we went out for lunch to him in France. Funnily enough, he's a British guy. And he was like, I'm in the south of France where you are. Let's go for a lunch and I'll give you a chain ring. So that was quite cool. Um, so going one by 52 tooth on the front. We wanted to go bigger, but the machine didn't let him go bigger. So that was the biggest one that he had. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've got um, some ceramic bearings in the bottom bracket and pulley wheels. So I think now is the first time in my career that I've gone my bike is as quick as it can be and i'm really excited for just to see how it rides really and see if i can the power that my legs can put out can produce a nice bike split what do you, do you know what the deal is on the on the day <clears throat> how it's going to kind of work in terms of the support you guys have you know if it's if this was a, a standard half iron man or iron man you know there's a there's i think there's a, occasionally a, you know tech support following the, the pro crowd and there's um but you're more or less by yourself do you know if they're going to have anything like tour de france where you've got a neutral service vehicle but with each race or, or any details like that because ultimately you know <clears throat> you've got yeah, you know, X number of athletes out yeah. there, chance are someone might get some sort of mechanical. So do you know anything about the ins and outs of that sort of stuff yet? 
Yeah, I think we got told to bring a spare set of wheels. Um, and just because everyone's riding different kind of wheels now, right? Some are discs, some are whatever, and 11 speed, 12 speed. So we got told to bring our own wheels. And there was something around that being support out there on the course. So, but I guess we're all going to have camera bikes out there on the course. And there is even talk of, you know, we're all going to have live um trackers on our bikes so you can see splits and distances and and power and heart rate and kind of like the tri battle was um but also i think they're trialing a couple of the athletes with microphones in the helmet so i think there's going to be a live audio feed from some of the athletes on the bike too which could be pretty cool um yeah hoping i get one of those and i can uh say hi to mum and dad back home <laughs> that'd be pretty cool <laughs> uh, yeah like going into this <clears throat> this is i guess uncharted territory for for you the, the athletes that have gone to kona and stuff you know that's the, the big dance for for long course racing but this is going to be a bit different so like are you are you shitting yourself going into it or are you just pumped to be part of you know what could be a pretty epic day and 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 sort of change the face of long course racing to to a degree yeah um unfortunately or fortunately i guess i I don't really get nervous for things i'm just really excited um yeah kind of really excited to see uh just what it can produce right because like you say it's the first one it could be something that I'm really proud to be the part of uh, the first ever uh, inauguration of this race. And, and I just really want it to be all that it's been hyped up to be. Like I've been following this rumor of a Collins cup for years and years and years now, I think like a lot of people. And now we're finally here, right? Like we're sitting in this hotel with all the other athletes ready to get this thing off. And I'm really excited and, you know, I, and it lends itself to my kind of racing and, you know, like I've got, like you say, I'm the youngest here. I'm, one of the lowest ranked athletes so you know this this really a win it's a win or draw situation really for me so yeah i'm yeah. just excited to race and i'm gonna go full send and just kind of see what happens awesome um any, anything else you've you sort of any other comments i haven't asked you about with regards to the collins cup or, or anything that's been going on in france or, or anything like that yeah i guess um just kind of appreciating that how hard the athletes have worked to get here as well like i know Braden curry is it's been up against it trying to get here and through adverse times and you know he's decided to stick it out and come over and i think like there was a little bit of like um negative a little bit of hypocrisy about you know what the collins cup's going to be is it just going to be everyone's going to go out there and just cash their paycheck before the kind of but i think you know the fact that Braden's coming over Teresa adam from new zealand's coming over you know, we're all here to race this race and we all just really want to race hard. And, um, and like, yeah, with Braden, with Kona being cancelled, it's really thrown a spanner in the works and he's just still decided to come over and duke it out. So yeah. And just a shout out to that as well. And, uh, but yeah, I think everything, yeah, you've covered everything really, but I'll keep you guys updated with, uh, maybe I'll come on next week on the show and, and yeah. tell you what it was all like during the week, or I'll try and take some videos or something for you guys or, <laughs> nice. or whatever, or follow me on social media. Yeah. Just, uh, I'll try and get as much insight as I can really. Um, and in terms of posts, posts this weekend, are you, are you looking at 70.3 worlds and, uh, and if you, <laughs> obviously things in New Zealand are a bit different at the moment, but yeah, is it 70.3 worlds and then uh, try to get a ticket home or what's your plan for the rest of the year? Yeah, obviously with Kona being cancelled, that kind of threw a bit of spanner. But because um, I self-admittedly accidentally qualified for Kona, which I mean, <laughs> anyone qualifies, but it's kind of going to sound a, a bit dicky of me. But 
Like I raced Ironman New Zealand because there's a cool story to go along with it. And I, I grew up in Taupo, did my first ever of all distances in Taupo, literally from duathlon, sprint, Olympic, debuted half Ironman there, Taupo 70.3. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do an Ironman one day. It might as well be now. And so I raced Ironman New Zealand and it was kind of more like a how you go on little fact finding mission. And then I got the Kona slot after I said about to never do another Ironman again when I crossed the finish line. Um, and so I was kind of got the Kona slot and thought about it for a couple of minutes and thought, yeah, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to give it a good crack. You know, if I'm going to go to Kona, I'm going to give it a good, you know, try and uh, do something pretty cool in Kona. I've got the swim and the bike. So hopefully we can, you know, throw a cat amongst the pigeons. But yeah, that got pulled, the rug got pulled under our feet. And uh, now we've got to kind of reassess. So instead of preparing for an Ironman, I'm maybe going to prepare for a WTS race, a sprint distance race. Um, haven't got any selection, haven't got any uh, qualification, but I'm going to try and kind of throw my hat in the ring and back in ITU after 70.3 Worlds. Commonwealth Games next year, isn't it? It is next year, yeah. And, uh, you know, because I got into long-distance racing having coming off the back of a somewhat disappointing ITU season, um and then i just got into it did did 70.3 talpo just because i just wanted to do it It as in my hometown i thought why not and then kind of stumbled into long distance racing from there and it wasn't like i merged from itu with a plan to go long distance it just kind of happened and so i kind of left itu and i haven't really been back without scratching that itch and without you know i i grew up watching you know one of my first memories of triathlon was watching bevan um in London, actually, I was sitting there with Ray Doherty, his dad, and one of the bars in Talpo, and how everyone was so proud. And that was kind of what really got me into triathlon. And and I always had that dream of going to the major games, whether it be Com Games or Olympics. And now, you know, the Olympic, uh, the Com Games only being 12 months away, so many athletes mixing up, going from 70.3 to ITU. You know, you see Gustav, Christian, all these guys that, you know, I race with competitively in ITU. And I think that there's a part in me that knows that I can still do well in ITU. And so that it's just well and truly hasn't been scratched. If anything, it's got worse being away from it. So I want to go back and kind of give it another shot, but also whilst doing my long distance stuff and maybe I'll hopefully do a, uh, it's pretty bold of me to say, but like, uh, like Christian's year this year by doing, you know, a major games, he won. <laughs> That'd be yeah. nice if I win, but you know, and then and then doing a 70.3 worlds and then a Kona in the same year. So maybe that's an option for next year. Nice. <clears throat> awesome. No, I loved your work. I think you, as you pointed out earlier, I think this distance is gonna be awesome for you. And uh, we need to go and smoke those Europeans because they're sitting there pretty cocky, thinking that's in the bag, and hopefully you guys and the Americans can uh, pull something out of the bag and, and make this uh the awesome spectacle that it potentially could be. So all the best for the weekend and um yeah, we maybe try yes. to catch up with you next week post race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh I'll try and keep everyone filled in and yeah, just uh yeah, wish wishes all luck. <laughs> Thanks, John. Jombo, your thoughts. I think Kyle Smith could be a real uh, surprise package. I think this is the perfect distance for him. Mm. And he's just a beast on the bike. He's a very good swimmer. Uh, I think he, um, yeah, it depends who he lines up against, but I think he could be a real surprise package. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Yeah, yeah, and it's cool. It's just something different in the way we're racing in the sport. Mm. You know, like it's it's just cool to press something different. Okay, I'm gonna go. 
18. Because it's 18. Wanger. Wanger of the week. Of the week. 18. Paul Yoda. Yoda. Wonder if he was a, star, a fan of Star Wars. Uh, he swam two hours thirty-seven last week. He ran six hours and fifty-four minutes and biked ten hours and twenty-four minutes for a total of nineteen hours and fifty-six minutes. So good on you, Paul Yoda. He is from Kirksville, Mo. What state is Mo Bevan? That's a really good question. I'm going mm. to Google search that while you talk. I don't. I don't actually know. I'm. Yeah, tell you what, Paul looks like he swims in a pretty short pool. Missouri, Missouri. You Americans have got to put up with twenty-five yard pools. That would do my head in. So how far Um, far is that? How long is that? I think it's twenty-two meters. I think around about a little bit short. Yeah, and you're just turning the whole bloody time. So uh, Paul's looks like he's had the last two months been nice and consistent. Had a bit of a break there. Had a bit of an extended break through February through the middle months and uh, looking good. So Paul Yoda. What have you done in the last five, four weeks? He's averaging five rides a week, average distance per week, 183 kilometers uh, from his biking. He's been averaging five runs a week for 50 kilometers and swimming, average swims four, uh, four per week. Awesome work, Paul. You've been swimming average four times a week, averaging five runs a week, averaging five bikes a week. You are cranking it. Good it's work. Good. He knows how to get it done, doesn't he? Yeah. He sent a... Uh, but two days ago, he said a PR on the Temple KOM from the castle side. That must be a Zwift segment, I think. Love you, Paul. Paul, you are a winger, winger of the week. week. Okay, Jonbo, questions and answers. We've just got one question here. It's more of a comment. Robert Boom Boom Beeling sent uh, Franz Lockski, I'm going to say, did not have a Kona slot. And uh, due to the long stretch in T2, he did not win a slot by 20 seconds. So he basically mucked around in T2. And missed out on a cone slot. And this was the one that I was talking about last week. He was the guy who was rolling on his uh, foam roller in T2. And I was oh, saying, okay. I, think that's a, I think that's quite a good idea if it saves you time. And it may well have saved him time. But it sounds like he cocked up. In front, and Bumbilan uh, also sent us through another message going, apparently didn't know that the, the person in front of him, who was only 20 seconds there, would have been a Kona slot and he didn't have one. And I thought, I said last week, I think Franz Lotsky's had it, got a Kona slot. Apparently didn't, oh. didn't know the guy in front of him. So had a Mozza. That's had a good a question. Mo- What's the worst transition of all time? Because I remember Melina as an age grouper won the swim bike run and didn't win the world championship. Yeah. You know, uh, it depends what you classify as trans worst transition ever. I still think the Peter Reed one in wrote whatever year he did that. That was more of a bat bike mounting entertainment. Issue. Yeah, it, that is entertainment plus. Probably, but what's the most costly? Because that's a pretty costly transition, isn't it? it? It is, but at ITU level, that's where it's going to cost you more if you cock up your transition. And miss so, what's it, the biggest one you can remember from ITU? Mm, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but um, that would be where you could lose the race if you cocked up transition. Okay, let's go on to uh, Patreon. Oh, swim set. What'd John you do? swim set. We did a bike ride, didn't you? We've been swimming <laughs> since last week, uh, and there won't be a swim for another couple of weeks, probably. However, John's bike ride. We we uh, I organised a big Zwift meetup on Sunday. Uh, we had a really big crew that was all lined up to do this. We were going to do the Mega Pretzel, which is one of the longest rides on Zwift. I think it's 110 kilometres with uh, some lots of climbing. Swift decided to cock up and took us on a wild goose chase. None of us got a little badge for completing the route because we went all over these places we weren't supposed to go. And uh, there was a few frustrated people out there, Bevan. So when you're going to do a Zwift ride occasionally, 
be ready for disasters. Be <laughs> ready for a bit of crap. Okay, let's thank our patrons. First of all, we're going to say uh, skip the peanut slades. Matthew, the President Reagan. We've got How Now Brown, Brown Cow Dolphin. And we've got a new patron, John. We have John Weir. He's a 48 year old stroke survivor. Stroke survivor. Wow, that's serious. It's been uh, a low level triathlete on and off since the mid 90s. He's from Pittsburgh in the USA, although he's looking to relocate out of the country somewhere for the past year or so. He works for a children's psychiatric hospital. Keep up the good work. And he's got a picture of him there, John. And I, I'm guessing. That, isn't that the, like the steps where Rocky was filmed? Like it was Rocky in Pittsburgh or something like that? That just seems to... I don't know if that is. Don't you? That, looks more like, that looks more like the monument where Lincoln is. Right, could be. But I don't know. It could be Washington. But, but, yeah, I think he was Pittsburgh. It was Rocky, wasn't he? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Anyway, it looks like he's standing there with his son. So John, I've got a good nickname. I've got a good yep. nickname. So he's been through tough times, isn't he? A stroke, you know? So his last name is Weir. What about Intia? John, we're Intia. <laughs> Nice. You're like, hey. oh, that's gold. We're in, we're pretty yeah. of that one. John, we're in tear. Just keeps on trucking. Love you, yeah. John. You're a bloody legend. Uh, and, and awesome, you know, keep up the good work. Obviously, doing that kid stuff is pretty important stuff. So uh, sounds like you're a bit of a local legend. So keep it up, mate. Love your work. If you want to become a patron on the show, like John, we're in tear has just become, you go to www.irontalk.me, click on support the boys and go through the process. You get a gift, you support us, and we have our prize prize kind of things that we have every so few months also if you want to become a coaching client of john you can go to coachjohnnewson.com my podcast bevanjamesisleshow.com um also other content such as age group a week call websites other feedback you can email us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com jombo you goss well my goss firstly if anybody wants to watch the collins cup this weekend for kiwis I suggest you go to skysportnow.co.nz. If you haven't got Sky in your garage or you haven't got your Sky box in there, um, that's a way you can watch it. They've got a one-week free trial or you can pay 19 bucks to actually get a pay for a week on there or you can pay up for longer. And they've got a 24-hour rewind feature where once an episode is finished, anywhere in the last 24 hours, you can actually go back and, and watch stuff. So I was confused as to how I was going to actually watch the Collins Cup. A, I don't have a skybox at home. And B, I do it in my garage. So even if I did, I wouldn't be able to watch it. However, I found a solution. So skysportnow.co.nz, you'll be able to rewind. Once it gets to 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, you'll be able to rewind to the start of the race and watch it all. Just obviously don't want to go on any social media or check your emails or anything and have any spoilers. That's what I'm doing on Sunday. I'm going to watch all of the Collins Cup and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to go ride the bloody mega pretzel again and get it ticked off. <laughs> so that's my gossip. Oh, guinea pig update, Bevan. Oh, what was the decision? Well, the, the decision kind of got made for us um, because we went into lockdown and we were going to be going and potentially seeing the new guinea pig that we were going to get. And Flinder and I, we said, Goodness, I think this other guinea pig's about to die. So let's cancel it. We cancelled it on Tuesday um, before the lockdown happened. But and, and luckily for the lockdown happened, so we didn't actually have to lie to the children and say, we've cancelled it, we're not getting another guinea pig. However, in the meantime, the guinea pig has made this miraculous recovery. And oh, now, no. like, now it looks like it's not going to die. So now we're back to, back to square one going, oh, do we get another guinea pig or not? Uh, so the drama continues. Belinda has found another guinea pig that's four years old. How long is that? What's the lifespan? Around maybe six years. So I think we're going to go for that one. And then you gotta, you, you're getting yourself in a loop forever. Yeah, I know. I, know. I think give your guinea pig to the other guinea pigs. 
Uh, it may come to that. But, uh, yeah, hey, if you love your guinea pig, don't get me wrong, get a new guinea pig. But if it's just in the background. <laughs> I was sure our guinea pig was on its last leg, so I was looking at it going, you ain't got long to go, buddy. Love you, but uh, not long to go. Now it's bloody 19 Second degrees. Wind. It's like summer coming out in New Zealand in the middle of winter, and uh, and she's got a new lease of life. So that's my gosh, Bevan. Not much else going on in our world with uh, with lockdown happening, so... Yeah, bit of homeschooling, bit of handball on the driveway. Bit oh, of, good old handball. Bit of, bit of what, not handball as an Olympic handball, just sort of sitting up. Over the line? Over the line. Yeah. Bit of, uh, bit of bit more watching of the chase. We sort of settled back into our five o'clock vino bag of chips in front of the chase each night <laughs> and uh, back into that sort of groove. So hence, fingers hence crossed. Long bike riding. Yeah, fingers crossed we come out of this sometime soon because uh, – it sucks. It's been bizarre, isn't it? Because New Zealand, we've had it so good through this whole COVID thing. Um, and we've got the Delta variant here. So it's not good, but New Zealand's government just goes, let's smash the crap out of this. So we're kind of, everyone's at home right now. And New Zealand's pretty compliant. So most people are kind of just doing what we should do. Um, and you think, you know, it sucks. You know, it's only it's only been a week. Imagine if we'd been like most of the countries, which have been in and out lockdown. Like we're going to catch up some friends on Zoom on um, Friday night in australia and now in like day 400 of lockdown now their lockdown's a bit different to ours but still oh. asia another another story they've been since day one they've been in lockdown so it's been you know huge well big news for both the boys because we're both gonna have vaccine over the next couple of days yeah i'm in there for saturday boop, boop. tomorrow morning for me joe just went ahead hers this morning so come on get rid of this crap i want life to go on yeah exactly <laughs> Bevan, anyway, what What's happening in your world? Anything else? Well, other than lockdown stuff, uh, I, I ran my first half marathon the other day. That was quite cool. Nice. And in training, I because uh, since op, my op has been funny, John. Because if you spoke to me two months ago, I thought that I need another op. Last two months, I've become totally fine, and I'm back to training, and I'm actually able to run. I wouldn't say I'm running, nailing it, but running well. And I did a half marathon, and tell you what, running stuff on the body. <laughs> I was a bit yeah. sore the next day. Once you turn. Mid forties, it's tougher. <laughs> Fredino turned forty the other day. It's all over for him. Geez, that's phenomenal, isn't it? Mm. He, you know, he beat the world's fastest time ever at thirty-nine, nearly forty. Mm. That's that's unbelievable. He's a freak. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car.